0: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series series check-in for Cubs news, notes, and banter. You can find us, as always, on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Just uh, search for Bleed Cubby Blue, and you will find us. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. Hi, guys. I'm Andy cruz a and I'm back. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay like I loved all of our guests and I like I don't regret a thing but like I missed you hi hi here I am I am
1: back to reality I am back in good old St. Louis Missouri done traveling all over the place and at home and ready to go back to work so here I am
0: Andy I'm so glad you're back um I how was your trip to Florida I hope it
1: was good It was amazing. So we were there for my daughter's national dance competition, and we slid on over to Orlando, went to Disney World, and then cruised on home. So it was um, a long nine days. I mean, being away is just traveling is stressful when you have three kids. Um, But not to mention there was a dance competition involved, so it wasn't really like I got a full-fledged vacation. I did get a couple beach days, so I'm extremely tan. Um, but other than that, like I really could have done more beach days and, um, a little bit more adult fun, I guess. But other than that, it was really good. It was a good time. The kids had a great time at Disney World, but I am ready to be back all in on baseball.
0: Oh my God. I also, you're a dance mom and I love that, but we can save that for another day. I missed you. We had some incredible guests while you were gone. I got to talk to Al. I got to talk to friend of the show, Danny Rocket. I got to talk to the amazing... Dr. Meredith Wills about the baseball. And honestly, y'all, out of all of those things, if you did not hear my interview with Dr. Meredith Wills on the physics of the baseball and why the home runs are just happening at the start of the last episode, you totally should check it out. But I missed
1: my girl. So I yes, I totally missed you too. And I did get a chance to catch up on all the episodes while I was gone. And Um, that interview with Meredith was amazing. And we were just talking before we, we came on here and like, I've always known, obviously playing the sport that there is a science behind it. And you know, there is a way that you do everything and there's a method to the madness, a reason for all of it. But I never had really a full fledged interest in the science behind it. I was, more, you know, just about the, you know, the training and all that good stuff. But I tell you what, this girl rocked my world. She made me, I was looking up things I never thought in a million years I'd be looking up. I was, I mean, I was tagging her in all these posts that I was seeing this morning when um the London series, the second game was being played today. Totally. I mean, it, yeah, it was really cool. It was, it was very, I mean, like here I am, uh, you know, Ken Rosenthal, I think, tweeted something, or Buster only tweeted something, and I responded and said, you know, tagged Meredith and was like, Hey, can you weigh in on this? And then literally, like, she retweeted Buster and and then weighed in on it. And then right below me, I said, you know, thank you for taking the time to explain that because I wanted to hear it from her point of view. Buster only is commenting on her post. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> like, like this girl is all over the place, and people are really like quoting her work and, you know, are really like using all of the studies that she's done to kind of come at major league baseball and say, you know, you can't change things and then expect them to stay the same. You know, it's just, it's kind of a messed up philosophy, but it was such good information. If you have not followed her, please do it. If you've not listened to the interview, please go back and do it. It's, I mean, it really is, it's astounding what you can learn from this interview.
0: Yeah, it's the start of episode 17. Um, she talks to us about like what's different with the leather, what's different with, this, with the threads, why the baseball itself is different, and how it is such a dramatic difference from historic home runs. And I just am really grateful to Meredith for coming on the show. Dr. Wills is amazing. She's literally an astrophysicist, and she's getting like retweets by Neil deGrasse Tyson and all these other things. So I was really grateful for her to be on the show, but Andy, I'm glad you're back.
1: I am so glad to be back and I am ready to talk about well am I
0: ready, I guess are, we ready. ready? <laughs> are we ready are we cuz like let's be clear we don't have a lot of great things to talk okay like i'm just going to jump into it so the cubs are not very good on the road they're 16 and 22 on the road and 29 and 16 at home and they're also not very good against cincinnati and so like i, I mean i'll just fast forward neither of those things changed this week <laughs> The Cubs are still not good on the road, and they're still not good against Cincinnati. Uh, Uh, Andy, what did you think about this series? Yes, I don't understand why. Cincinnati is our kryptonite. I
1: said it before, and I'll say it again, and it's still the same. They are our kryptonite. I don't understand their pitchers look like Cy Young contenders against our our lineup, which should not be happening. I mean and we're it's not just... talking
0: Luis Castillo here. We're talking like D.S. and stuff. <laughs> right. Like what? This can't be happening.
1: Like it's just, it's painful. And it is, it's really hard to watch. And these guys, I don't know what is happening. I don't know what if you know they eat something special when they go to Cincinnati or what the what the problem is, but there is something going on there. These guys clearly are playing us much tougher than they've cl- they've played us for years, and they have a major chip on their shoulder. Which you know, why win they? You know, they're last place in the Central Division, a division that everyone thought was going to be the best in baseball, and no one could win a damn game. Excuse my language.
0: Like no uh, one it's win okay I, I think yeah, I think Cam <laughs> still keeps us clean. I'm gonna. I'm gonna still rate this episode as clean, and I hope that's okay. <laughs> I mean,
1: my goodness, it is just, it is so frustrating. I I mean, I tweeted this today and I know you liked it, but I am so tired of rooting for the teams that play Milwaukee and St. Louis because these games, we should be winning all of these games. These are very winnable games. and It's just, you know, I I don't even know where to start with, you know, where the blame needs to be placed. I don't even know where to start. There's so many different areas.
0: I'm going to start by starting at game one. (laughs) (laughs) I roll (laughs) Uh, So game one of the series in Cincinnati, the Cubs lost this game. They lost two out of three here, uh, the first game and the last game. Um, But more importantly, and the thing that I think really messed the Cubs up here, they lost Cole Hamels after the first inning to an oblique strain. Um, That's a huge loss. Cole Hamels, as we've discussed before, has been incredible. He has been probably the most reliable pitcher the Cubs have had, at least since Kyle Hendricks went on the injured list. And to lose him after one inning with a bullpen that really wasn't capable of covering those innings, particularly with Tyler Chatwood getting spots, spot spot starts. So he can't fill that whole like uh long reliever role. So you have to go with Mike Montgomery, who has not been good. Um, that was just I that was not great. I <laughs> game one felt over in the first inning, and that was a terrible feeling. Um for all of Cubs nation and i i just i'm going to start with mike montgomery here and then i'll get to some of the things that were better in this game but he doesn't look good he I, he might still be hurt i'm not entirely sure what's going on here his era in 2019 is 6.08 across 23.2 innings pitched this is not the pitcher we know it was, his ERA for comparison's sake in 2018 was 3.99 and that was with a lot of like mixing in as a starter here and there and same in 2017 where it was 3.38 and I just I have some Monty questions I don't think he is all okay well and this this could be
1: held true for, um, another person that's getting a lot of playing undeserved playing time, um, in this lineup. And I, I'll let you guess who I'm talking about after I make my statement, but I think it's, it's fair to try and get these guys that are kind of extra, I I guess you want to say on this team, some good exposure, some good playing time, maybe put some value on them. So, you know, after the All Star Break, if we're looking to to flip some people over, then you know they might provide provide some value in in some sort of trade package, but at what cost? I mean, you can't yeah, keep putting these same yeah these same people out there that aren't producing that their numbers when they're in the lineup are
0: horrid, horrid. Oh, well, I mean, let me let me just go on better here. Like June of 2019 was the Cubs' first losing month in terms of record since May of 2017. So like, if we're going to talk about what the Cubs are doing and the decisions they're making and this, that, and the other thing, like they have not had a losing record for a month since May of 2017. And here we are. And what is, what is going on this June? You have people hurt. You have Daniel Descalso and Addison Russell starting for reasons I don't even know. (laughs) Like I look at the lineup, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, what is the bottom of this lineup?" I, I, I get it. They're still tied for first, tied for first as of this recording. By the way, not in first because they lost today, and the Brewers won, so it's a tie. This can't continue. It's put your put put your foot on the pedal and get going, guys. It's it's that time, <laughs> time to win. Well, yeah, and, you know, it, it just they, – they're not understanding. And,
1: like, the comments after, you know, the end of the season last year were every game counts, every game counts, every game counts. Yes, we got that because we were out of the season by one game – at at the end of the season, one game that we – didn't have on Milwaukee. So here we are losing series, not just games, losing series to the Cincinnati reds and continuing to put people in that are not producing. And for what reason, any other, any other team by now would have done something. I understand what kind of situation we're going to be in, in the next couple of weeks, this team. And I've put this, I've put it in writing so people can hold me to it. I, I, would predict that this team looks predict slash hope that this team looks different come August, September. Now, will that necessarily be the case? No, but you cannot keep doing the same things over and over and expect different results. You just, can't. And that is true in everything, especially this lineup. I mean, you keep putting the same guys out there thinking that something's going to give. Guess what? They're still doing the same thing over and over and over again. And until you shake it up, until you give somebody else an opportunity, you're going to keep saying seeing the same thing. It's just, that's just how it is. It's just crazy to me. Something's got to happen.
0: Right. And for the most part, like we're not talking about like dfa people are letting people go. I mean, I I do want to flag that um, Carlos Gonzalez was dfa would by the Cubs after Hamels was hurt in order to make room on the 40-man for the Cubs to call up pitchers. But I, for the most part, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about optioning people and pulling up people who are producing. I mean, I want to give some shout-outs to some of our Twitter followers here who have flag this particular problem and ask some specific questions. So Tony Guerrero asked what's going on at second base, which it feels like is the conversation that we are having right now. And then our friend Greg also asked, you know, like when is Robel Garcia coming up? And you know, I I don't have a good answer for this, but Robel Garcia It's getting he's good. And I am about to flip on something that I just said three days ago, because that's how baseball works. But, you know, I was on the San Rantos show earlier this week and they asked me if I thought Robel Garcia was it was ready to come up. And I had some of the like usual triple A isn't the major leagues and he was never really that high of a prospect, yada, yada type of stuff. But at this point, I'm ready to see it. He's hit 21 home runs. I want to know what he can do. He's really doing some damage in Triple A. He's at uh, fifteen of those home runs have come in Triple A, and he's slashing two ninety eight, three seventy nine, six twenty six. And I just, I, I, I would like to see what Robel Garcia can do. <laughs> like that's got to be better than the Cubs sporting some of the bottom second basemen in the league over and over and over again.
1: Well, and I read somewhere. So I want. I have two things I want to say in 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 discussions of the second base issue. The first one is I read somewhere that someone thought maybe David Bodie kicked Joe Madden's dog or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm David starting... Bodie's
0: been good. He's been good. I mean, where, why is he
1: not in this lineup? I don't know. It's, Dave, it's, it's and, just and, and crazy. Put...
0: Okay, let me put this in perspective for a second. Sorry, Andy. I did not mean to interrupt, but David Bodie has been good. David Bodie is slashing 256, 338, 453. He has a WRC plus of 106. And he's like the fifth best NL second baseman right now. So it's I, I get that those numbers maybe don't sound that impressive, but like if you're ranking them by WRC plus, he's literally the fifth best offensive second baseman in the National League for people who've had over 50 plate appearances right now. And I don't understand why David Bodie is not getting more playing time.
1: I mean, he's the fifth best second baseman that's not even playing. Like, what is right. what is wrong? I don't, oh, I just don't get it. Um, and I understand. I know people are, are shaking their head and rolling their eyes. Oh, the matchups. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh, his away numbers. Oh, his. no, 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 no. Look at the other options right now and look what they're doing. There is nothing you could tell me that would make me believe that there is a better option than David Bodie at second base, period, period, point blank, end of story. Like, the Cubs don't have one. That's just the seeing eye test. You don't need numbers for that. I mean, watch a game and then tell me.
0: You and, know, and, and to to back up what Andy was just saying, like I just want to say these are the other options that the Cubs have been rolling out at second base. So Daniel Descalso is slashing 185, 273, 282. His WRC Plus for the year season, entire season is 51. Addison Russell is slashing 252, 320, 414. His WRC Plus is 87. Uh, as a reminder, WRC plus is baselined off 100, so 100 is average, which means Addison Russell is 13% at, worse than the average second baseman based on his uh WRC plus. Um, only David Bodie has put, uh, put together an above, above average season for the Cubs at second base this year, and I, I mean. I get it like some people come at me and they say you know Addison Russell is a plus defender this that or the other thing I mean we can talk about that but the Cubs need runs right now they're they're struggling to score runs consistently and put David Bodie in the lineup he's not a liability from the defensive angle and he can score runs so let's put him in the lineup consistently and see what happens
1: well, and the other thing about this that I was going to say, too, that kind of um, that kind of puts a pit in my stomach a little bit is everybody's making the call for Garcia, which, yes, he's hitting the cover off the ball. He's having a great year thus far. It would not be the worst thing in the world to see him at, in the majors. But does this also make you wonder what the heck is going on with Ian Happ? Why are we not hearing about him? And why is he not next up? You know, that kind of worries me a little bit because everyone had great hopes and dreams for this one. Coming back to the majors, he was going to fix everything. It just doesn't sound like it's going in a good direction. Otherwise, I feel like he would have already been here.
0: Yeah, Hap's numbers don't look great. Um, I, I I don't think Ian Hap is coming up this season. He might come up next season. It Whatever they want Ian Happ to work on, he hasn't fixed yet. And the last I looked, and admittedly it was a few few weeks ago, so I don't want to say that that's what he's doing right now. But I think he was hitting two oh six. So yeah,
1: well, and I heard an interview um, maybe a week or so ago where they were. It was I I want to say maybe it was Theo or it was somebody in the front office was talking about his progress, and they were saying that he made progress on one area that they asked him to improve on. But while he was busy working on that other areas um, kind of deteriorated. So now he's got to go back to being able to put it all together. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but if you are a major league baseball player, that does, that stuff doesn't happen. That it just doesn't happen. So I really hope, you know, for the sake of the Cubs, for the sake of Ian Hap, something can get worked out. He can figure it all out and put it together because I'm telling you what, Second base is not even, you know, our only issue, but it is a glaring one right now. We need to address
0: it. I mean, it's it's open for the taking. Like, if, if someone in AAA can show that they can take this job and do a better job than what the Cubs have right now. And frankly, like, I'm a little bit frustrated. I'll just say it again. I think David Bodie should have this job. And I don't understand why Addison Russell keeps getting all these starts when David Bodie should have the job. Um, But I'm going to move on to some happier things. Uh, Let's talk about Jason Hayward, because Jason Hayward had a really great series in Cincinnati. In game one, he hit a home run because he's awesome. Uh, On the year, he is currently 271, 362, 473 with a WRC plus of 116. And in June, he's been even better. He's 326, 367, 565 with WRC plus of 139. He's also making ridiculous plays and literally just robbing people and right field. And I feel like Jay Hayes moment has arrived. And I, I know that it's going to get overlooked because the Cubs aren't doing great, but Jay Hayes being fantastic on both ends of the ball right now.
1: Um, I mean, everybody already knows how I feel about this. He is just, <laughs> I like, Oh goodness. I'm just so happy that he is where he is right now. Um, I've seen quite a few people compare the season he's having to the season that Bryce Harper is having, if that makes anybody feel better. Um, Yeah, we have Bryce Harper. (laughs) I mean, we have better than Bryce Harper, which is totally fine with me too. I just, listen, the thing that concerned me when he started to heat up on the offensive side is, and you know this just from watching other players, it's sometimes when you do get in the zone, you start clicking on the offensive side of the ball, sometimes your defense takes a back seat and it's not quite to the level that it usually is. This is quite the contrary for Jason Hayward. He is killing it on both sides of the ball and he just looks... I mean he looks like he should be playing in Cleveland on July 9th is what it looks like and I'm really sorry that he's not yeah, um I agree. but you know it's just it's 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 great for him and and he's got something to prove and he is more than proving it and you know he has been the consistent bright spot for this team for a couple weeks now you know and that's what he had a week a week and a half off where he kind of you know had a couple of offers He's just, he's been so good this season and it's so great to see it. And I love where he's at and he, you can tell he's a leader and he's having fun. And that's definitely a bright spot in this, um, God season. <laughs>
0: I mean I say that you we're say tied God for forsaken, first. The Cubs are tied for first. Yeah, like let's be clear. Like guys for first. Like uh, I don't know, Andy. Um,
1: I had to add a little drama to that because it's been hard to watch lately. But yes, no. I I realize that we're tied for first. There's been much much harder seasons to watch. We'll get into that eventually, but right now it just is it, you know, it's it's difficult and it feels like the sky is falling. I know it's not. I know it's not. But <laughs> I had to add my my you know signature, flair drama, for my Jason so, Hayward outtake.
0: <laughs> so some more Jason Hayward. Jason Hayward hit what was basically the game winning home run on game two. He uh, put the Cubs ahead with a solo shot. But there were some uh, there were some other drama in game two, specifically uh, Javi Baez' Oppo grand slam, which here for it, always here for it. And then we had. Uh, Pedro Strop versus Yasiel Puig. And frankly, I feel like, I mean, team Pedro, my hat is always to the left.
1: <laughs> that is my dude. That is
0: my dude. Andy, what were you thinking? What? Okay. So for those of you who didn't see it, as far as I can tell what happened is this. Pedro was not going to give Puig a pitch to hit. We talked about this on episode 16, like, Puig was the hottest hitter coming into the series. There was no way that Pedro was going to give Puig a pitch to hit. And so he was kind of like working around him, like not even close to the zone. The third pitch, Puig does this whole like roll his eyes, flip his hand, shake his head. I can't believe you're not throwing me strikes, bro. And Wilson Contreras actually looks at Puig with this kind of like buddy get back in the box like uh, it's it's a great little look if you have not seen the replay on this like Wilson's kind of like Puig stop being a drama queen and Puig steps back in the box and Pedro's like look I was gonna walk you anyway so now I'm gonna hit you on the behind <laughs> He's yeah. like a pitch 94 at uh, Puig's hip I'm here for it. I don't know. Like I am not generally one of those people that likes beanball, but in this case, team Pedro all the way.
1: So I have to, I I have to stop you right there because I knew that this is the, the direction this conversation would go with you and I, and it wasn't too long ago that we totally went bananas about the whole beanball thing. So yeah, I, totally I have to clarify because I am totally here for it as well. This, listen, This, These are two grown men competitors who obviously have very different attitudes and approaches to the game of baseball. Puig has just always been one of those strange birds. I appreciate that he's a strange bird, but he gets under my skin and he drives me crazy. And I know everybody says, well, oh, you'll feel like that until he plays on your team. No, I don't think I will. I think I would still even think that if he played on our team. He just... There's just something about him. Case in point, today, Bodie lines the ball out to right. Quigg yeah. does not move. Does not move. Let's a drop in front of him. What is that? What is that? Right. Like you're getting paid to play a sport. Right. Oh, what? You had a bad jump on it. You couldn't see it. You weren't paying attention because we know that those could possibly be the reasons why you did not catch that ball. Anyways. So you knew, you just knew going into this at bat, that something was going to happen because he had this body language. Like he had better things to do than to face Pedro Strope. I'm sorry, but Strope, I'm surprised he didn't hit hit him earlier in that bat. He was stepping out of the. Box, you know, taking a sweet time. Even the umpire was like, "Let's go!" Like you even see at one point, the umpire was like, "Get back in here." stroke was on the mound; he's ready to go. You know, Puig's walking around, just being lazy, whatever it is that he does. You know, ho hum. And so I knew something was going to happen. But let's all be honest: go back and watch the footage. If he wanted to charge the mound, he had plenty of time to do that. He and didn't want to. Plenty do- of
0: opportunities. He didn't he want didn't really nothing to he, do the, with Yaciel Stroke. Puig can't, like, run up to the mound when he's just standing there. <laughs> and, like, right. the only thing between him and Puig, and, and, and don't get me wrong, Wilson is my favorite. But, like, Wilson is, like, kind of, like, half holding him back with one arm. Right. Right. Oh, and, and let's talk about how he stole two bases on us today. We know you can run. We, we've we seen you
1: run. <laughs> So if you wanted to run it, stroke, we knew you could do that. It's only the pitcher's mound. It's not first to second, sweetheart. So I'm I'm not fooled by you, and I'm sorry, but you know what? I just as much as all these people seem to think that Strope didn't want any part of Puig, I don't think Puig wanted any part of Strope.
0: <laughs> and I I just want to be really clear. Like this is a pro players having fun podcast. Like we're generally here for all bat flips, bat drops, yelling, screaming. Whatever you want to do, like that's cool. But in this particular instance, you had two players who I think are both of the sort of like let the kids play variety in Pedro Strope and Yassiel Puig. And Strope won, like Strope won. Let's be real clear <laughs> <laughs> Yasiel Puig was being kind of ridiculous, Strope got under his skin. And 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 the post of this is amazing. Like when you watch them sort of John back and forth, you know, Yasiel's real mad and he's like, I'm gonna come at you, but not really. And right, is Nobody's like, holding me back. is like Hello, that. I'm here. Come see, come at me. Why don't right. you come at me? And 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 I also want to like flag Strope's uh comments after the game for this, because I thought it was in, <laughs> where he gets interviewed at his locker. And this is not like, he's not speaking out of hand. This is not like a hot mic. He's got all of the, you know, beat reporters around him. He's just like, he's stupid. Yasiel is stupid. He's stupid as words that we won't say on the podcast. He's stupid. That was Pedro's stroke comment after this whole thing. I just I feel like something happened between those two at some point in time and I'm team Pedro, that's all I'm going to say. It
1: is so fantastic. I'm sorry but it's so fantastic. You and I had this exchange on Twitter, but Pedro Strop reminds us Sarah and I totally uh, are Hispanic and we have large families and we have we each have relatives that somewhere along the way remind us of Strop or Our stroke reminds us of our relatives totally. these are the these are the really nice, have the best smile in the world, give the best hugs. they're the nicest guys when they're on your team. they're your friend, whatever blah blah blah. but they're also somebody you don't want to cross. Cause I'm telling you, I have cousins like him and you don't want to cross him. Like, I just would not mess with him. It's not smart. He's like sneaky, crazy, you know, like sneaky, like I'm real nice. I'm real nice until that switch flips. And then it's kind of nuts of time. And we don't want to see that stroke. We need him on this team right now.
0: Well, and also like, I'm pretty sure like everybody was saying, you know, oh, Puig, wild, wild horse, whatever, yada, yada. Like they're both big dudes. They're both really big dudes. I'm not entirely sure what happens in a fight between Yasiel Puig and Pedro Strope, but I'm not sure, like the space-time continuum might split. <laughs> like Bad <laughs> things might happen to the universe. Cause that is some like, you know, Superman versus Batman style conflict.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. It's yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's funny. I'm here for it. It was, it was, it was good entertainment. I just, I think there, it was, um, Puig is just Puig, you know, and he's just yeah. kind of one of those characters that you're like, this is not going to be the last time that stuff goes down between the Reds and the Cubs. No, I, I mean, not. mark my words. So I was surprised nothing happened today, but that's that's neither here nor there. So
0: I mean, I agree with you. I mean, frankly, they have more games to play, so I'm sure things will happen later. In fact, like credit where it's due in game three, Puig got the better of the Cubs. So did the Reds. Um, I don't even know who let the Cubs down here. It was like a poo-poo platter of Cubs letdowns. There was a little bit of like, we didn't hit with runners in scoring position. A little bit of the starting pitching was bad. A little bit of the bullpen was bad. It just, it it was bad. Uh, Jay Hay was not bad. Jay Hay hit another dinger, but like, yeah. Game three, the Cubs lost eight to six. It was not as close as that score sounds. (laughs)
1: No, it was not. It was um, that bottom of the eighth was just, um, I had my finger on the button. I was ready to change the channel. I was right there. It was just, it got to the point where it was like, dear Lord. I mean, we can't even get through one inning. Uh, It's just, it's tough. It's tough tough to watch. And it was definitely a very winnable game.
0: Yeah. So the Cubs did not win that game. And they had another losing series on the road which is what they seem to do these days. Um, in better news, the All-Star rosters were finalized. Chris Bryant will also be at the All-Star game, joining Wilson Contreras and Javier Baez. Uh, Cole Hamels was not added to the All-Star roster, which is kind of sad. I get it. He's hurt, but that made me sad. However, Tommy Lastella and Dan Vogelbach, former Cubs of yore, both made the All-Star team. And I- I'm kind of here for it. That was great. Um, I wish Rizzo would have made it. I mean, I get that he didn't. Josh Bell and Pete Alonzo are both having better seasons, but Rizzo's also having a good season. I, I want Rizzo to make another All-Star game at some point. I don't know. What do you think about this all-star game stuff, Andy? Uh definitely Rizzo will be back.
1: Um at least I would guess a couple more times. He, you know, for the most part, being a um notoriously slow starter. I think he has had a heck of a first half of this season. I also feel like it's probably a good thing that he didn't make the all-star game this year. I think he needs maybe a little bit more rest and just to, you know, preserve and I'm happy that Chris Bryant got named. I don't know that he's the only other cub that should have. I really, like I said, I I feel like Jason Hayward should be there. Cole Hamill's definitely. But again, all understandable. And, you know, I remember when Schwarber went a couple of years back and it took him quite a while to get going. Um, and that, I think that was just for the home run derby, but it took him a while to, back to get going after that break. And it's like, I, I don't know if it's worth it or not. It's great to be represented by your best players, but at the same time, it's like, they all they have a whole nother half of baseball to play and you want to make sure you're putting the best, you know, the best foot forward. And as far as everybody's concerned. So, I'm okay with them having a break. I'm okay with with the way that it panned out. I'm super happy for Tommy LaStella. Wow, what a season that guy is having! I can't wait to see him with his former teammates. I mean, that's going to be really cool. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a, definitely a, a good game. Um, I guarantee our guys show up and show out because they always do. But you know, it, it's just like I said, I'm happy that it ended up the way it did, and the guys that did not end up getting to go will hopefully be able to come out the you know fired up the second half of the season
0: yeah i totally agree with that okay uh it's time for our commercial break a little bit uh later than usual but that's okay before we jump into this pirate series um we are going to take a break for our sponsors and we'll be back on the other side and we are back so andy Let's talk about this pirate series. One of our listeners on Twitter, Ben Cardiff, asked how we stay sane while watching the Cubs. I am not sure I've done this successfully, so I wanted to ask you.
1: Uh, well, I'm already kind of crazy to start with. You know, and and, and people say that because I've I'm a chosen you know I've I've chose to be a Cubs fan for as long as I have I there's there's not a choice let's not kid ourselves I always like to think when I feel like the sky is falling like I was joking about earlier I tend to think back to the days when the Cubs were just awful when there was no glimmer of hope when there was nothing to cheer for very little to cheer for when we would get excited about double plays or right. about, you know what I mean? Like stuff any like that. Run, right, any home run, any anything. Right, right. Um, if we could string a couple hits together, a stolen base, a pickle. I mean, for the love of God, there was so little to choose from. I try to think back to those days and how it felt to be a fan then. That always makes me feel much better. Um, and I, this sounds horrible, but I'm going to say it and I don't care. And my husband would laugh at me if he knew I was saying this. But I also, these days we'll turn on the Cardinals game if I need to feel better because they're also not playing good baseball. So it kind of makes me feel better and keeps me sane to know that as much as we are not winning baseball games that we should be winning, there are other teams in our division that are doing the same thing. So um, that's the way I stay sane. Probably more of the first method because I have plenty of memories of watching horrible Cubs baseball teams. But, you know, like I've read Len Casper write. I've read a couple other um, sports personalities on Twitter, right? This is a really good time of Cubs baseball. And yes, it makes us crazy. And yes, we have complaints every, every turn, every corner. Just remember, you know, this window that we're in right now that, you know, ev- everyone likes to talk about this window. This is really special. And yes, we're not young anymore, but this is great, great baseball that we're getting to watch and it is inconsistent right now. And it is, there's still a lot of question marks, but it is still really good compared to what we've had. So just focus on that. I'm always the silver lining person. So I always try to find good things that come out of every bad game. And there is still good things that come out of every bad game. So focus on those. That's how I stay sane.
0: I love that. And also if you're looking for good things, just look for Javier Baez, Wilson Contreras and Pedro Stroop. Because they're always doing good things. Like there's something about those guys that just like always makes me smile. Um, They're so
1: fun. They are. They just always have fun, and that's important. And you can tell they love the game. And they'll always. Those two, Javi and Wilson, are the two that you'll always hear how grateful they are to have the opportunity to play Major League Baseball. So that's one thing too that
0: yeah, it really is.
1: You can tell that they have really. They really appreciate every single at-bat, every single time they put on the uniform, every single time they step on the field. And that is refreshing.
0: And it's easy to cheer for people like that. Totally. Um, So I'm going to be really clear. We don't have a lot of information about this Cubs Pirates series because all of the probable pitching matchups are TBD, except for the first one on Monday night where Adbert Azulay will face Trevor Williams. Uh, there are three other matchups where the Cubs have pitchers listed. It's Hendricks, Kyle Hendricks, back from the uh, the injured list, you Darvish, and Jose Quintana, and they are all facing TBD.
1: TBD so... is tough. They cannot pitch him three games in a <laughs> row against us. I'm not TBD having this. TBD is the
0: worst for us. I'm really <laughs> upset about it. TBD is like our scouting department can't get to work on it, and our guys will struggle. You know what I picture when I pictured TBD? I picture like some mannequin in
1: like a pirate's uniform with a bad wig and like like one sock pulled up. I don't know. It's so strange. But I think of TBD. I'm like, okay, this this has got to be a joke. Like seriously, <laughs> you you've got to give us more than TBD because TBD is also our kryptonite. For the love of everything holy.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And I so I was kind of like, I'm really excited that Alzelay is still getting his uh, his chance and his starts. He's been really good so far. I'm really excited to see him pitch in Pittsburgh Monday night. Um, I'm still calling it Alzel Day, even though I know that's not how, (laughs) that doesn't quite rhyme with his name anymore. It's Alzel Day. It's like, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Alzel Day. I love it. I absolutely love it, and we're totally using it. Yeah, that's that's where we are right now. Um, I'm very excited that Kyle Hendricks is back. He has been The ace of the staff, really, and I'm excited to see him back and pitching. I hope they're not rushing him. I'm a little nervous about that.
1: Yeah, that makes me nervous, too. But at the same time, you know, he's one that he's not going to do anything that he shouldn't be doing. I feel like he's definitely one that um, he would rather speak up than push it. And, and go out there and do something stupid. So I'm not so worried about him. Like someone more that has to prove themselves, I would be worried about trying to push it and go out there too soon. Um, but I feel like for the most part, he's had a really great first half of the season. And, you know, if he wanted to rest a couple more weeks and wait until after the All-Star break, no one would say boo about it. So the fact that he's coming back kind of tells me that he is ready and, you know, he's ready to pick his team up.
0: Yeah, and I imagine that he kind of pushed that up a little bit with Cole Hamels being on the injured list. Um, A couple of pirates to keep an eye on, who you may not have heard of. Frankly, when I ran these numbers, I was like, what? Um, So in the last 14 days, the two pirates who have been doing the most damage are Kevin Newman and Brian Reynolds. (laughs) What? Yeah, their names are Kevin Newman and Brian Reynolds. (laughs) i had to look them up newman 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 i actually accidentally looked up kevin reynolds instead of kevin newman and like like i got some random like movie producer dude i was very confused anyway uh, this is where the pirates are at right now so the pirates are young and they're just kind of trying some stuff out and frankly no one in the nl central has run away with it yet so They're giving this a go and they have a couple of young guys that they're giving a chance and these guys are doing really well. Uh, Brian Reynolds is having quite the season. Um, He's actually looking like he might be a rookie of the year candidate. He's batting like 357. So really keep your eye out for him. And Kevin Newman is also having a pretty um, outstanding start to his major league baseball career at shortstop. So definitely keep your eye on both of those guys.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at their lineup right now, and this is as of um, after their their game today. They played the Brewers and lost 2-1, to one. Um, but they have quite a few guys that are in the low 300s as far as batting averages is, is concerned, and their OPSs are pretty high. I mean, these guys are nobody to snuff at. We've done pretty well against them. They're no Cincinnati to us, but... Um, you know, and these are the kind of kids that you worry about because they go out there and they don't have anything to prove or lose. So they come out against a team like the Cubs and, you know, they're just playing ball. They're just, you know, trying to get the win and they, they don't have expectations. They don't have anything like that to worry about as far as, you know, going into the series. So you really, yeah. I mean, this, this, lineup could be an issue especially you know when we're talking about a Darvish or a Quintana now in all fairness Quintana had a great last start but his you know his trajectory has been good start bad start good start bad start so hopefully we can break out of that and um, we can handle this lineup like the who's that they are
0: <laughs> I
1: was trying to say yeah that totally
0: and then as you may have guessed the Uh, stars for the Cubs have been Wilson Contreras, who is still super hot, and uh, Jason Hayward, who have been just killing it recently. And so we really need them to stay hot. And if a couple of the other guys who have sort of looked like they're creeping up back again, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, I'm looking at you, that would be outstanding. Um, The Cubs could really do some damage here. But, you know, we haven't really seen the Pirates since the first uh, since the Cubs opened at Wrigley. So this is kind of a weird situation where it's like a division rival that we haven't seen in a long time.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. It's been that long. I was thinking that we played them since then. Okay. Um, Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. They always, these teams always like to play us tough. And again, you know, the central is supposed to be a tough division. Um, Records don't really indicate that to this point, but You know, again, this is another team that doesn't really have much to prove or anything to lose and they, you know, are gonna come in and play this team tough and, you know, try and walk away with another series win. So, you know, I I, we just we have to come out and play some solid baseball and start putting things together. I know I I sound like a broken record, but you know, at some point it's gonna stick when I say it because, you know, I mean, this is a major league baseball team and we're in the end of June. So (laughs) I mean, at some point we have to start playing baseball like we're going to play through the end of the season. So
0: I agree with that. And it would be nice to see the Cubs go into the all-star break, having a really nice stretch of baseball behind them. Um, That is what Andy and I will be looking for. We are also going to be keeping an eye on all things all-star game, and we'll have some special coverage for you for the home run derby and for the all-star game as things get going forward. So keep an eye on our at cup of cubby blue Twitter account to see what type of special coverage we have going on. Uh, Make sure that you tune in to the Cubs Pirates games to see what happens there. And we look forward to chatting with you in just a few days. Again, if you didn't check out uh, Cup of Cubby Blue episode 17, make sure you do so that you can hear our exclusive interview with Meredith Wills talking about all things with the baseball. Until then, we will talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye.